you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey everyone, it's Roger back at you from Restaurant Rockstars. If you've been following the industry headlines lately, you've seen independent and chain restaurants reporting falling store sales, closing locations. What's the reason for this? Rising costs, heavy competition, staffing issues, and the list goes on and on. That's right, it's getting tougher and tougher every day to run a restaurant. Not only run it, but to run it successfully. So I'm really excited about today's podcast because I'm collaborating with my good friend and fellow industry pro, Jamie Oikel. Whenever Jamie and I get together, we really dig deep and we come up with lots of ideas and interesting concepts how you can really rock your restaurant forward, maximize your profits, and and dominate your competition. So once again, thanks for listening, and take it away, Jamie. Well, hello. This is Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com, and joining me on the line today is Rockin' Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars. How you doing, Roger? Hey, Jamie. Great to be back talking with you. We always have so much fun doing this. Yeah, man, it is. It's, it's fun. And, you know, today's call, we don't even have a topic in mind other than the fact that I wanted to talk about a couple headlines I've been seeing in the news and um, are you ready to just kind of dig in and, and, and chat about what's going on out there? Absolutely. Ready to rock it. Cool, man. So uh, this is something that I saw. I'm, I'm sure everyone's seen in the, in, in the industry right now. It's uh, about a week ago. The uh, headline says, Bloomin' Brands closes 43 restaurants. And that kind of caught me off guard. I don't know if it caught you off guard. Because you know, we have one here. We have a couple restaurants here. And they're always kicking butt. And their lines out the door. Wait for an hour. And so I said, wow, these guys are struggling. And I've seen some other recent headlines, and I, I want to pull them up and, and find them in a little bit with you. But, but react to Bloomin' Brands who, uh, you know, look at here. They, they sold a billion dollars of food and, and drink and yet lost $4.3 million uh, on, their, on their period. So, I mean, what's your initial take on that? Well, you know, first of all, the restaurant business is absolutely cutthroat and competition is fierce. No matter where your restaurant is, whether you're in a major city, a suburb, you know, even a small town, restaurant businesses are really, really a popular business to be in, and competition is crazy. So if you're not differentiating your brand in 10,000 ways to Sunday, then, you know, that's what you're competing with because you can be pretty sure that your competitors are. So you got to stay ahead of what your competition is doing first and foremost. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You said something there that, that made me think about one of the other headlines that I saw and this is from a, a website called the National Post, and it's in their food and drink session, and it says, it says, busy and broke. Why even the best neighborhood restaurants are here today and gone tomorrow? And that brings me back to, like, the, the Outback or, or, you know, or, or folks and folks like that. They're busy and then, and then and, um, having, struggling a little bit. And then we talk, we've talked before about other restaurants, and, and you can really talk to this about folks. They're, they're, they have this feeling, hey, man, we're, we're busy, but I have no money to take to the bank at, at the end of the week, at the end of the month. And we've talked about this a lot. So how do you answer a, a, a restaurateur when they say, hey, Rod, I'm busy, but where's the money? Well, you know, it's really crazy because this happens to me all the time because I talk to so many different operators so often. And, you know, I have these conversations all the time about their procedures and their processes and their controls and their systems. And in many cases, they wing it. It's like they put a menu together based on what their competitors are doing or based on what they think their customers want to eat. And then they see what the, you know, what their competitors charge for things and they just randomly throw a price at something without knowing exactly how much it's costing them to put every single ingredient and every single dish on the plate in front of the customer. So they're not costing out their menus. They're not taking regular inventory. And they might be busy and they're just spinning their wheels and they're actually losing money as opposed to making money. Um, many cases, they stay open seven, eight days a week, and they don't realize that uh, they're losing money on their slower nights because of their overhead being so high. And overhead is a key part of this discussion because, you know, costs are rising all the time. Food costs are going up. Your rent or your lease space is probably constantly going up. Chains have this problem because they have the best locations. And if they don't own the real estate, you know, it's like they're at the mercy of their landlord. So it's like unless you can stay on top of your costs, unless you can maximize your profits on every single diner that walks through the door, you can see why you'd spin your wheels and wonder why your bank account isn't growing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's funny. You keep, you keep. I, I was just flipping around, and you keep hitting a main topic from one of these other headlines. So, 
So I'm looking at another screen screen capture that I grabbed from from a recent posting that talks about um, it's from a website called Food Republic. Why are so many great New York City restaurants closing? And it's not just the rent. So so the rent does play a big part in it, but it's all those other factors that are creeping in. Um, the 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 minimum wage type stuff. The food cost fluctuates. Um, regulations keep changing and, and, and things like that. And so you have a lot, a lot of stuff hitting your business. And if it hasn't hit your bottom line yet as a restaurant, and you're, you're probably kind of nervous, like, when is it going to hit me? And what's going on? And what do you have in place? And so, um, let's talk, let's talk, let's, let's talk a little bit because we did, we did a, Roger and I did a series of calls based around his book called Rocky Restaurant, uh, Rocky Restaurant. Um, and, um, we did seven or eight calls, and we we talked about the nitty gritty of all the things that are important. And we're not going to get into all those all those little details here today, but we can point people to those as a resource. But but you hit on a couple already. You know the 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 product mix, the the costing, the menu development. Um, let's talk about the prime cost a little bit when 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 you can get into it. And having having control of all those expenses is what is what's critical to these kind of storylines, right? Well, prime cost is so critically important because they represent the largest costs in your restaurant. You know, your food, your beverage, and your labor costs are the biggest expenses. That's what you spend the most money on week after week after week. And if those costs are out of line, that's how quick it is to lose money every single day in the restaurant business. So if you don't have a good handle on your numbers, you better find out pretty quickly what the critical numbers are, calculate them, figure them out. And if you're not in your sweet spot, I love to use that term sweet spot, which basically means that your volume and your profits are in perfect sync with, you know, the people that you're serving and the product you're putting out there with um, your overhead. You're in complete sync where you're making money. You're maximizing your profits. That's what I refer to as a sweet spot. And it all begins with your prime costs, which, again, are your biggest expenses. So let's, let's do this. Let's kind of take take this the backstory of of restaurants around the country are kind of feeling the pinch in in various categories and, and and the headlines you know prove it out and and we and we know this from from some of the feedback that we're getting from folks out there and um as I talked about we 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 did a series of calls that that talked about a lot about the operational stuff um I definitely want to talk about that but let's 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 talk about some of the other pieces that we didn't get into recently that impact the business and and that includes um you know the marketing side the people equation, the service equation, because those are really probably the four things, right? All those, all those cost stuff. Okay, that's one bucket. The marketing stuff, getting people in, getting them more, getting them spending more, um, having great people, and then giving them great service. Those are four big buckets, and I'm probably missing something right, right there. But, but just off the top of my head, you know, those four things got to be, got to be flying. So let's talk about that, that marketing bucket. That kind, of, and, and I've talked to you in the past about these sort of neat ideas without spending a lot of money. Without putting a glossy magazine, that kind of just that kind of work that that bring you. I and, and talk about your cash cows stuff too. So, give give give, give, some, give me some background there. Well, let's go back to what we started this call about competition being fierce, and you can be sure that your competitors are doing everything they can to build what I call affinity with the customer. And there's no more important word than affinity because it means that your customers feel a sense of belonging, a sense of loyalty, a sense of feeling that your place is their place. And if you're constantly not giving your customers reasons to feel that affinity and to build that affinity through the way you treat them, through the staff delivery of your products and services, and through the programs, the, the specific marketing programs that we can talk about about that build affinity with your customer. You're, you're giving people reasons to move on. You know, people can be creatures of habit if you give them a reason to love your place. If you give them an ordinary experience, you can be sure the next time that they're going to dine out, they're going to try somebody else. It all comes down to that, and the absolute cornerstone or foundation begins with the staff that you hire, the people you look for, how you hire them, how you train and develop them, and how they become marketers for your business that are an extension of your brand. I would go so far as to say that you train your staff to become brands within your own restaurant brand because they're making friends with your customers every single day. They're giving them reasons to come back. They're using their unique personalities to dazzle your customer with their 
you know, unique delivery of the product and then the quality and the enjoyment and then the wow factor on the plate. And it just goes on and on and on. And that's really all about internal marketing, folks. And I'm a huge proponent of internal marketing because it is the most powerful, the most cost effective, you know, way to market your business without spending a ton of money, thousands and thousands of dollars on what most restaurants do. Oh, let's put a radio commercial together. Let's put a TV commercial. Let's put print ads in the newspaper. Let's do an expensive direct mail campaign. I mean, all these things cost a lot of money. They're very difficult, if not impossible, to track. And they're just tripping over the idea of let's start with an amazing staff, turn them into a dream team focused on teamwork, respect, and hospitality. That's a culture. And if you can deliver that to your customer, that's the first step in building affinity before you even get into what I call affinity programs that are specifically designed to bring more customers in the door and then keep them coming back again and again. So much to talk about there. Yeah, there's a lot there, Roger. And you know what I wanted to do? I I, I was remiss in kind of not do, not not doing this. Is you know I talk to you all the time, and, and so I know your background, and I forget this. But we're, before we get into all this stuff, I mean, share share where you picked up your your hard-earned knowledge because you know you you kind of went through the the the, the windmill on this stuff, and and figured out the the people equation is really big piece of your success and 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 so forth. So so give the give the the quick background on on your restaurant, how you started it, how you grew it. Um, what it turned into, and and you know, just can't, you guys were killing it. So I think it's a really important important piece before we dig into some of these other topics. Well, thanks for asking, James. It's you know, it's it's an interesting story because I got into this business with a really really powerful idea, but no restaurant experience. And I guess the saving grace for me, and what many would say is the most challenging business to operate, one with a super high failure rate, is the fact that I had an MBA and business skills. And I applied business skills to a business that isn't traditionally run by MBAs. And I knew from the get-go that systems were going to be the key to my success. But more importantly, one of, the, one of the biggest systems was really about the service that I delivered to my customers. The service became the absolute cornerstone of several restaurants that I started over the years. And that obviously begins with the staff. So I knew that a very powerful competitive advantage would be training, constant, constant daily training of my staff to make sure that they delivered the most amazing experiences from a hospitality standpoint. But just as importantly, you know, we trained them in salesmanship so that they uh, you know, they, they literally presented what they believed our customers would enjoy, what was most popular, what, what we knew that the customers would love. And we let them know everything that was great about the restaurant because we understood that we were getting new customers in the door all the time and that maybe they drove by and they saw the place or maybe somebody told them to try it. But if they had never eaten in our place before, we wanted to tell them everything that was great so that they in turn would tell their friends about the great experiences they had. So training and development became critically important right from the get-go. And, you know, it must have been a couple of months in when I started working on this training system that I called Sales Stars, which, you know, taught my staff the basics of hospitality, and then it taught them how to sell and to suggestively sell and make recommendations that the guests would enjoy and to recognize opportunities because we believe that every table in the restaurant in any restaurant in America is valuable real estate and if you're you know if your team isn't maximizing every single seat through every part of the meal by making these suggestions you're just leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table per server every single year we recognize that and it was not a hard sell approach it was simply a genuine honest Hey, welcome to our restaurant. My name is Roger. I'll be your server tonight. I'm going to take great care of you. And I'm going to let you know about what's special, what's unique, what's different. And then that turned into hooks. And we often talk about hooks as being unique nuggets of information about your restaurant that sets you apart from the competition. It's about unique creative processes or just things that capture the public's imagination that really make your restaurant special. And to be honest with you, you simply can't have too many hooks. So the staff would turn their customers on to these amazing dining experiences where every night out in our restaurant was an event. And they built, we built upon that over time. And, you know, this one restaurant that started out as an 80-seat wood-fired pizzeria turned into a 325-seat powerhouse that did live entertainment three nights a week. 
We called it the Three Ring Circus. We had a, a menu that was still based on wood-fired pizza, but then we had sushi and we had steaks and we had pasta and we had homemade um, salads and desserts and all kinds of, you know, we had something for everyone. And we really took care of the kids. That was another key marketing focus. You take care of the kids and often the kids will tell their parents where they want to go out to eat if you make it fun for them. And that was another huge profit center because we catered to the kids, you know, and we had so many different internal marketing programs that brought people back again and again. And just before I sold that restaurant, I mean, for years and years and years, and I don't want to forget the fact that that, that restaurant was based at a ski area in New England that was only open four months a year. So when the skiers disappeared, so did all the customers and we did not have a year round business. So my business was open literally for four months. And it rang $1.2 million year after year after year with a 31% net profit margin, which is huge. It's industry smashing. You know, they say that you're doing well in this business if you can ring 10 to 12% profit per dollar of sales. And we were doing 31. So all these affinity programs that we can probably speak about, training the staff to maximize sales opportunities and deliver amazing guest service experiences, build affinity with the customer, brought these customers back again and again. And it obviously let me open up several restaurants in this community. And I literally dominated the competition for 20 plus years with these techniques. So that's literally a long story, but that is the background. And that what, that's what's possible in the restaurant business if you focus on systems, if you're not already doing those things now. Good, Rod. Yeah, you, 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 exactly. You hit on the stuff I wanted uh, to hear from you because I, I, I know some of that backstory. And, and right at the end, I was gonna, I was gonna, gonna remind you. Yeah, re- remind folks that yeah, it was a seasonal business. So, so Roger really, really figured out that he's got four months to just kill it. And so when you, when you, when you think that way, you don't think of you, you think about I cannot miss any single day. I can't miss any opportunity. I can't miss any table. And that that philosophy, if any restaurateur brings that into their operations, let's say they're they're operating 12 months a year, that's great. So, but don't think about you can't miss any day. Don't don't miss any any one customer. Somebody walks out with it, out giving you their email address. You know you've missed an opportunity, or you haven't sold that appetizer or that or that or that one extra glass of wine or or, or the or the dessert. Or, or all those things are opportunities, and so you know Roger's business is kind of unique, and his learning is unique in that he he said I got these four months to get these 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 the locals plus the tourists, and maximize every every single dollar. So I got to have great people, I got to have operations, I got to have my food costs in line, and know exactly what it is. So it's a, it's a great story, and he's got all these interesting uh, tales to tell about all the different pieces and how he did it. So I, so I, I love that stuff. And um, specifically, I really like the people. And, and talk about your people a little bit because sometimes restaurants say, oh, my gosh, I can't get good people. I don't know how to get good people. I keep losing my people. And that was a, such a big win for you on, on the people side. Talk about that. Well, you know, that's interesting. Um, we had those challenges in the very beginning also. And, of course, we had to put ads in the paper looking for people when we were first opening the restaurant because we, again, were in a ski resort town and all of the workers were, were coming, you know, 30 to 40 minutes away from, a, from another town that was farther away. We did not have a large population base. And the ski resort took 2,000 plus people out of the area to work the lifts and to work in the food service. So we definitely had that challenge. And the key was how we treated our staff once we hired them. So hiring became the most important thing. And we were looking for what I call the A-team. There's lots of C players out there that just show up for a paycheck, and believe me, you got to get rid of these people because they, they're really just harmful to your business. There's no point in having a C player on your staff. What you want to focus in on are the B players that show promise and potential, that have great personalities, that are pleasing. Maybe they've never worked in a restaurant before, or maybe they just have you know some a need for some polish, but they can be real superstars with training. And then the A-team are the people that are just great, right? The, when you walk in the door, you just know this person is just going to be a superstar right from the first day. And then you develop them to train your B staff to bring everybody up to the A-level. And that was the key for me. And then once we had these A-team players, we had to keep them. And that was through recognition and rewards and incentives and contests and making things fun. And then once our marketing kicked in and we had lines out the door, then people were making lots and lots of money. And then when we trained them to maximize opportunities every table, every time, 
then they made even more money. And then we spread the wealth and we had routine recognition and awards for the kitchen staff, you know, because the kitchen obviously weren't tipped employees. But the kitchen is some of your highest paid staff, of course. So you got to be really mindful of your labor costs. But we had an entire team that was not divided. We didn't have a front of house and a back of house. We had the entire house being one hospitality-driven team where everybody was there to dazzle the customer, whether they interacted with them face-to-face or not, because everyone was recognized, rewarded, and encouraged, and treated like family. So that culture of hospitality just spread through the restaurant, and the most powerful part of that was even in a seasonal business where we were only open four months a year and then people had to go get other jobs the rest of the year, 96 or 97% of that staff came back year after year after year because it was such a fun place to work, because they were respected, because they were recognized and rewarded. And we dominated the competition with our staff. Nobody wanted to go anywhere else because no one had that dialed in in any of the other restaurants or even at the ski resort. So that was one more powerful competitive advantage that my restaurants had, the way we treated our people because then they treated the guests. And that's where the affinity started to bring people back again and again. And that's where your most powerful form of marketing is, that word of mouth by virtue of the experience that you deliver to the customer. Roger, let me, let me jump in there. Um, first of all, I love, I love that number, the, the 96, 97% people came back. That, that tells a story in and of itself. Um, but before I let you slide on this, when you talk about recognition and reward, and I'm remembering a story where you talk about, I forget the name, you call it a closet or a treasure chest yeah. or something there where you use those things yeah. uh, with your staff. Share that because that's great. Okay, absolutely. So every restaurant has a number of suppliers that they routinely buy from, everyone from credit card processors to food and beverage companies. And in my experience, all of these companies have – all kinds of promotional materials that they print up. Uh, It's called swag, for lack of a better term. Some really, really valuable stuff that they've never used. And and they have these huge warehouses, and, and it's just full of all this stuff that's sitting around. So a long, long time ago, I just started asking my suppliers if they had any of this stuff that they wanted to get rid of, and it would be a real benefit to my business. And I assembled every single season a huge closet We called it the treasure chest because we had everything in there from skis to golf clubs to stereos to televisions to hooded sweatshirts to ski coats. I mean, they just threw all this stuff at us at the beginning of every season, and the closet was packed. And that was a really, really powerful incentive that we had at our disposal to recognize and reward our key employees for going above and beyond. And so whenever I would randomly walk around the restaurant, and I did this all the time, my managers did this all the time. You know, even even the head server was able to do this. If we caught somebody just going above and beyond, you know, dazzling the customer or helping out a team member in need, somebody just dropped a whole bus bucket full of dishes all over the kitchen floor and then three people jump in to like clean up the mess and help that dishwasher or get behind the dish pit because the guy's getting crushed. Whatever it was, it was a team environment. We said, hey, you know, take a few minutes, come down to the closet and And if you were a first-time employee, you know, and you had never taken a trip to the closet, you could suddenly walk in and see all this unbelievable stuff and say, yeah, you know, I'd love that. Can I – here you go. You know, here's a TV set. Here's a hooded sweatshirt. Here's a pair of skis. Whatever it is, that was unbelievably powerful as a recognition tool just to say thank you. You know, we value what you do here. You're part of our family. Thank you so much for doing that. Keep it up and, you know, let's all move forward. So that was one key part of it. And then I led by example, which a lot of restaurant owners need to understand the concept of leading by example. Just because you're an owner or a manager doesn't mean that you're too important to pick up a piece of paper or a cigarette butt outside the door or to bus a table or to take a delivery order or even jump in the car and deliver something down the street. I did it for years and years and years, and my people saw me in the trenches showing them that respect, delivering the same experiences to the customer that the staff was delivering. And that's a powerful part of it, leading by example and then recognition and rewards. And then there was a program called Difference Dollars that happened every single week, you know, and that was super powerful too. Roger, um, 
Uh, cool. Uh, two, two things I, I wanted to pick up on there is, uh, I, and I love the part of leading, leading by example. Yeah, it's, it's very important. People they don't they don't want to feel like their job is uh, beneath you or beneath anyone else, and so they love it when when everybody pitches in equally. So I, I encourage everyone uh, to take that mindset for sure. And the other thing that I wrote down right as you were talking is that the, the part about randomly walking around and looking for recognition opportunities. So um, so take that so take that take that scenario right. So you're you know you're walking around. And you see Sarah do something something special, and boom, you just you capture her right there. So now, obviously, Jane and Mike and Tom, they all see that, and so now they're they're looking, they're they're going to take that mentality of of going above and beyond, and and you're not going to recognize every single person every single time, but it breeds that mentality that builds on itself. And so I, I really like that idea of um, uh, you know of, of managing that way and so forth, and looking for those opportunities. So so yeah, so people are people are on fire. Um, they're giving great service. They're motivated. You got the, you've gotten rid of the C's. Um, you got the B's. You're moving everybody up towards the A's, and, and people are sticking. And they're 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 inviting other friends. Hey, come work here. It's a great place. So you've got this now. You got this virtuous cycle working of of strong people building on each other. And that's where you want to get to as a restaurateur. And I know it's it's tough in the beginning. You just put up the the for the for uh, for hire you know, uh, sign and, you know, you're, you're getting people walking off the street that you, oh man, I got to deal with these guys. But you need to, like Roger said, bring, bring, bring them up to the B's, bring them up to the A's. And just, if you have a C, eliminate them immediately. I don't care if you can't cover a shift, you can't have those guys in in your business because they're just going to hurt you. So, so people, huge, huge part of it. Let's go back to, um, so let's just share a couple tips since we're here and we're just kind of talking, talking kind of off the cuff today. Let's go back to the hooks thing. Give me one or two hooks uh, that you use in your restaurant um, that you thought were really effective. Well, you know, there were really so many. It started with the wood-burning brick oven because that was really the signature of the place. And so many restaurants, you know, everything is behind the scenes, behind the wall. But if you make a show out of your kitchen, you can dazzle your customer. And we had this wood-burning brick oven because we wanted to duplicate a real Italian pizza experience. And, you know, many people that follow me know that I went to Naples, Italy, where pizza was invented. And I spent a day in the oldest pizzeria on the planet, in the actual pizzeria where the food item called pizza was created for the first time sometime in the 1700s. This restaurant's been passed down for generation to generation. It all started in Naples, Italy. And I read about it in the magazine. So I actually went there. This was 1996, way back when. And I, I lived in Italy, so I had a very basic understanding, and I could speak some basic Italian. And I told these people, I read about this place. I'm doing a pizzeria in, in the United States, and I want to do it the, the authentic way. And they're like, come on back. Make pizza with us. And I spent the day back there, and I and I learned all these secrets to incredible pizza making. And it all was based around this wood-burning brick oven. And we create, we duplicated a, a real Italian wood-burning brick oven. And we're like, you know, we're not going to hide this in the back kitchen. This is too special. This is a showpiece. It's a work of art. And it is the essence of our restaurant. We're going to put it right in the middle of the dining room floor so that everyone can see the action. And the fire is blazing at 900 degrees. And the pizza makers are tossing the doughs in the air. And the customers would crowd around and they would just watch the process and the pizza makers were part of the show and they became part of the entertainment and that was the key for us to develop other hooks besides the brick oven that were going to dazzle the customer. So then we went on to, you know, live entertainment and we had a snowmaking. We were at a ski resort, so I actually bought a snowmaking machine that would literally make snow on the customers' heads while they were dancing on the dance floor. That was a hook. It's like nobody was doing this kind of stuff. We had a mug club that had, we built it to 900 members and it was a special club that received value added in addition to discounted prices on the beer. And each person, each of these 900 people paid us almost 50 bucks a season, every season, just to belong to this club. I mean, that was like $45,000 of upfront free and clear cash flow because it was a sponsored, you know, program at my restaurant. I got my suppliers to pay for this stuff. So all of these things were hooks. But one of the very best hooks that I ever saw was at another restaurant. Because let's face it, you get good ideas by visiting your competitors in other communities, not just where you live and do business. And I went to this ski resort in Vermont, and there was this bar there, and it was a restaurant also. But if you sat at the bar, there was a conveyor belt that moved behind the beer taps. And the bartenders would put fresh pint glasses 
you know, on the on the on this conveyor belt, and I'm watching this conveyor belt, and it's moving along the back of the bar, and there's a hole in the side of the building, and on the other side of the building, there's a hole where the conveyor belt is coming back into the building. So what's happening is these pint glasses are going outside in New England winter cold in Vermont, and when they're coming back in the other side, they're frosty cold and chilled, and then the bartender picks up a pint, pours a frosty beer into it, and puts it in front of you. Now, that's a hook, you know? That's different. That's unique. That's powerful, you know? That's wow factor. So then we said everything about our restaurant has to dazzle the customer. It has to have wow factor right down to the way we present the food so that when a customer gets that plate in front of them, they look at it and they go, wow, I got to take a picture of that. I don't even want to eat it. It's so spectacular. And the delivery by the customers, you know, training every person that works for you to use their own unique personality to dazzle the customer, to entertain the kids. I had jugglers. I had people that told jokes. They tied balloon animals. I mean, these people had so many different talents. And that was all part of the show because I recognized from the very first day I opened the doors that the restaurant business was about entertainment. It was showbiz. And it was like when the doors opened for the first time every single day and your customers come in, it's like the curtain going up and everybody's on stage. They're an actor or an actress. And we we followed that philosophy for the entire 20 plus years I owned the restaurant. And that was one way we built affinity with the customer. We were just playing more fun. We gave people so many reasons to come back again and again. And it was always exciting, always different. You never knew what was going to happen next in that restaurant, in any of the restaurants, really. So, yeah, it's, that's all part of it. Yeah, that was a bunch of stuff there, man. And, you know, one of the things that I, the story that I love and I, I want to – at least one more tip area I want to cover with people is, is – uh, and it kind of goes in with hooks – is your idea of cash cows. And yeah. and so you have you have a hook, and it's, and it's, it's even better if it's tied to a, to, to a cash cow. And I know – I think um, – you can share your garlic knot story for sure. Maybe the the, the, oh. the, the – you did something cool with like a colored big drink and a big cup or share those two quick ones, and then we'll kind of see where we are. Well, again, you know, I, I constantly went out to different restaurants, and I was in Boston um, before I opened the doors to my restaurant back then. And I remember they had these giant, uh, you know, these giant goblet drinks, and it was a Mexican restaurant. And I'm like, you know, I got, I have to do these specialty drinks in these giant fish bowls with a stem. And since we're at a ski resort, we're going to call them glacier bowls, and every single one has a catchy name and a catchy hook. And, you know, some were called the tumble of death and one was called the ice pick and the other was called the avalanche. And it just went on and on. And they were different fruit juice drinks with rums and vodkas and all that kind of stuff. And we put a glow stick, you know, those little things that you break in half and they're, sure, they're sure. green and they're orange and the kids play with them. Well, we obviously gave them away to the kids, too, but we put them in the drinks and it made the drinks glow from the inside out. So when you've got, you know, a, a a dining room that's lit perfectly for ambiance and you're going and you see this server carrying this tray full of these giant 60 ounce fishbowl drinks with the with the light sticks coming out of them and the and the drinks are glowing like antifreeze green and red and yellow and stuff everybody stops and says what is that i have to have it that looks like so much fun and we charged like 20 bucks a piece for these things so again it was a cash cow it was pure profit and we sold thousands of them Actually, they sold themselves. You didn't even have to tell the customer because they went through the dining room every five minutes and people said, oh, that looks like fun. I have to have one. We had these birthday candles for special events that we bought online. And anyone can get these birthday candles. They're like Roman candles. They're about four inches tall. They're perfectly safe. They're perfectly legal. They're non-toxic. They're not dangerous. But what they do is they shout, they, they shoot a shower of sparks like two feet off the top of the table when you put one of these things. They sit on a golf tee and you stick it in a piece of cake or pie or ice cream or whatever. And we used to sell these for $5 a piece. And that was pure profit because they didn't cost very much. And we bought them by the multiple cases. But if that didn't stop the action in the dining room, whenever the, the, the entire team would come up to a table and we'd sing a birthday song, and we didn't use the traditional birthday song. We made up our own funky birthday songs where the staff danced at the table, and it was all choreographed and fun. But the centerpiece was this crazy candle that shot a you know, shower of sparks three feet off the top of the table. So for the, you know, the 30 seconds that it took for this candle to burn, every eye in the restaurant is on this table watching the action. And then when, when it's all over, the entire restaurant, 
restaurant would erupt in applause. I mean, that was an event unto itself. So not only was it a profit center selling these candles, but it was another hook. Okay, so that was really, really huge. So all these things are, are just ideas that, that restaurants can implement that, you know, really cost little money, but really capture the public's imagination. So let's get into the cash cow story. So every restaurant can't have what I call too many cash cows. Now, a cash cow is something that has high perceived value to your customer, meaning you can charge a good amount for this because the customer believes and sees that they're getting value. It tastes great. It looks great. You know, there's multiple items there, but by virtue of what it is, it doesn't cost very much to put out. So since we had a wood-fired pizzeria, we had access to pizza dough, which was already costed out in every single pizza that we put in front of the customer. And we had one size pizzas only. They were 12 inch because that's the way they do it in Italy, the real authentic you know, way they do it in Naples. So whenever we'd roll out a pizza dough, there would always be a trimming around the edge so that it was a perfect 12-inch pizza. We, so we'd take the trimmings and we'd tie them into knots. And then the staff would brush them with olive oil and, and a little garlic. And then they'd sprinkle them with Parmesan cheese. And we would bake these knots and they would rise like dough into what looked like pretzels, but they were pizza dough with garlic and olive oil and all that delicious stuff. And we would serve them in these really cool metal baskets, you know, with the paper, with the parchment paper coming out the top. So we would charge $9.99 for these things, and it probably cost me less than a buck for the order of garlic nuts. So that was a cash cow. It was pure profit. It was our most popular appetizer. And we sold thousands and thousands of these things. But then I could also use them to give away to new customers and to bring new business in the door. So how did I do that? I created strategic alliances with probably 10 or 15 local businesses that were not restaurants. It was the local car wash. It was ski shops. It was a movie theater. It was a health food store. You know, back then it was a video rental store. Um, all these different businesses. And I went up to the manager or the owner and I said, hey, you know, why don't we cross promote each other's businesses? And I'm going to print up all these business cards for you. And it's going to have a photograph of our most popular appetizer. It's a $10 value. And all you have to do is just give these to your customers whenever they buy something, or even if they don't buy something, say, hey, you know, you, if you're in town, go check out this restaurant, and you get this free order of garlic knots, and you'll love it. And all I asked them to do was track the back, meaning put a stamp of your business on the back of the card so that when business came in the door, I could tell where it was coming from. And I said, listen, I'm going to give you 10% back. For every person or every check that comes in the door that you sent me, I'll give you 10% in trade. You can use it for yourself. You and your wife can go out to dinner. You can have a staff party, whatever. And the most powerful thing that happened was these coupons or the cash cow, like I said, it cost me less than a dollar to give away the garlic knots, plus, you know, the printing costs of thousands of coupons spread against 15 businesses. So what? So for the cost of a buck, let's say, the average ticket that came in the door was 80 to $90 because it would be a party of four, it'd be a party of six. And they'd have this coupon that was the incentive that would get them in the door. And then they'd see how much fun everybody was having. And they'd end up staying for dinner and they would spend 80, 90, 100 bucks. And then that business down the street would get 10 bucks for every person, every table that came in. And I tracked the most popular um, I should say the most powerful partners that we had, and there were several of them, drove $15,000 of new business in the door per season at my restaurant. And it was all pure profit based on cash cows. That was one of the most powerful ideas. Yeah, Roger. I, when you go through that story, and if uh, if I was a restaurant owner and I listened listened to the pieces of that story, my, my, my the wheels, the little gears, you know, you see that picture, the gears in my brain would be spinning about how do I implement something very similar to that, and and so um, I, I I love that story, and people need to think about that. It's you you you're, you're there's ways to make money off of your regular menu. Absolutely, you got to do everything right. Um, we we've talked about uh, some of the challenges. You know this this business that you're in a position right now, and and these, the headlines will prove it. And I found a couple others, but we won't won't get into them. But it's it's like a no margin forever business now. It's like there's no fooling around in the restaurant business anymore. Like you can't just go into it and think it's going to be fun, and because you know mom's got a great recipe, it's it, it's it's cutthroat, yeah. and the competition yeah. is is right there. And so right. you've got to nail every single one of these pieces. And now you you got to be more creative, right? You've got to find this uh, you know this. Now you're talking about a 10% food cost item or, or or even less 
that um, that is just driving profits. You've, you've got to find other things, whether it's, um, you, you know, you talked about merchandise, and you've got to capitalize on all the new things that are happening, you know, on the online ordering stuff and the social media stuff and driving traffic and getting customers and having this huge base. So there's a yeah. lot of challenges there. And, and um, as you, you know, if you're listening in, and you, when you hear, when you get, when you, when I, whenever I get Roger going, I just let him talk because he starts, he starts sharing all these little tips and, and stuff that they've done, and it's great. And um, what, what I think I want to do is, um, you know, what I do and what Roger does now, he is he helps businesses, um, you know, with these challenges. He helps restaurants all over the country that are that are struggling in one piece or another, whether it's on, on the on the people side, on the operation side, with marketing tips, with service tips. Um, he's got programs that help do that. And so, you know, we, we, we've been working together for a little while on the content side, delivering great content. And, and so um, we started off with the conversation of, hey, you know, restaurants are definitely struggling out there in different ways, and times are getting tougher and the margins are getting thinner. So if you're in that position, um, you may be looking for answers. You may be looking for things. And so, um, Roger, if you're up for it, I know on my side I'm willing to kind of put, put together a special offer for folks um, and we'll just put some stuff out there uh, because I know we're both in the same boat of being passionate about helping them succeed, and, and we don't want to. I don't want to open up the paper tomorrow and read more stories about this place closed or that space closed or they're struggling. I want to hear the success stories, and so we want to be part of those success stories and help folks uh, achieve what their dream is and so forth. So, you know, on my side we have we have RunningRestaurants.com, which is a you know a huge website that's been been. Uh, parts of it have been operation for almost 20 years now, so we have a huge library of content to help people succeed. Over over 1,300 articles are sitting on the website, so right there, it's it's like walking into uh, this virtual library of, of pretty much uh, cat- categorical stuff all across the spectrum, um, from marketing to operations and service tips, um, uh, fa- technology tips, all all across the line. And so um, on our side, runningrestaurants.com, you have a huge library. We also have a di- download library of, uh, of PDFs and spreadsheets and, and tips and tools and downloads and forms and templates and all that sort of stuff to help restaurants save time and save money. Uh, we've put together over the years over 50 plus hours of, of, of calls like this with other experts talking about uh, different niche type uh, article content and that's sitting there as a resource for folks, folks can dial into. Uh, plus we have uh, premium content. I'm, I'm not looking at the list of stuff right now, but um, from a premium spreadsheet package to in-depth marketing material to PR stuff. Um, we, we actually uh, have access to Roger Sales Stars material as part of our premium package, which is which is an unbelievable opportunity to dig into that stuff. So I, I want to make all my stuff available, my my highest package available, and and uh, and talk about what, uh, what 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 are some stuff you have going on, Roger? Well, Jim, you know you mentioned several things, and we talked about all these powerful ideas um, in the beginning of the call. I mentioned that the focus of my business was really on service, and I created this program called Sales Stars, which is included in your premium package. But what Sales Stars is, is it's a four-module online video series that trains staff in the basics of hospitality, what customers are looking for. Obviously, customers want to be recognized. They want to be um, served. They want to be obviously important in your business. And that is the basics of hospitality. Recognized, rewarded, and and definitely um, you want to bring them back again and again. So the basics start there. But the salesmanship piece is so, so, so important. And training your staff to recognize these opportunities every table, every time, how to make suggestive sales. So I've got several key techniques that really double and even in some cases triple check averages. And this program literally raised sales in my restaurant by $200,000 a year as I was growing my business. And it was probably one of the key reasons that I got to that $1.2 million mark because we were not leaving dollars on the table. We were telling people everything that was great and special about our restaurant, and we were giving them lots of reasons to buy, and we had multiple profit centers. But another key component of Sales Stars is developing that dream team through the recognition and rewards. And the fourth module in Sales Stars is a complete pre-shifts program. Because I said training is important every day, so I give you 30 specific exercises, literally something for every day that's going to focus on hospitality and focus on sales building and teamwork building. So that's Sales Stars. That's a really powerful program that, that I sell to other restaurants. I've got customers in 11 countries using this thing, and it's been proven, and it's easy, it's turnkey, and it takes the guesswork out of it. It gives you a template and a roadmap to follow to increase your service, but you know, also increase your sales. And then most of these marketing ideas that we came across are in the academy. So I sell something called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy 
which is a five-module series that is everything I've learned in 20-plus years in this business about maximizing profits, delivering great service, training the staff, building efficiencies across your operation, and really dialing in your finances because your critical numbers are the foundation to making money in this business. To avoid what we talked about, having a busy restaurant but spinning your wheels, not making any money. This is a profit-maximizing system that includes the Sales Stars training program that doubles your sales and all that sort of stuff. But it also gives you all these key modules in marketing, in efficiencies, in finance. It's just everything rolled together into one turnkey package that is simple to use. You can dial it in in, in any specific area. The affinity stuff is there. The, the cost control stuff is there. It includes audio tutorials that walk you through this numbers, the number thing. If numbers aren't your thing, it makes it simple and easy to understand. I show you where to find the numbers, how to use the numbers, and how to calculate those costs so that you're now watching your finances in minutes per week and you understand this stuff. I mean, I give you all the tools that we talked about in this particular call in the academy. So that's you know, that wraps it all up right there. It's just one turnkey package that includes everything. Yeah, yeah. The Academy is 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 exactly right for folks that are looking for all the pieces of their business to, to put them in line. So what I thought would be a great idea, and we're a little bit off the cuff today because we, we, we just started to get online and talk about these things, but um, making available all the stuff, uh, the, pre, the, the highest level running restaurants package, um, along with Sales Stars, along with Roger's uh, Academy program, and then for folks um, that, that that are maybe interested in this, what what we want to make do is just get on get on the phone with you. So get on one on one with some, with you and, and talk about your specific challenges that you may have and where we can help. So the two of us will jump on the line and, and do a call like this where we just talk. You know, I know Roger's backstory. I can probe him. You can probe him. You can ask um, uh, some some of the stuff from my background. We're we're dealing with restaurateurs and and helping them for 20 plus years uh, online and seeing all the challenges. So we can just have a conversation, a frank conversation about your business and where you are and where you want to go and do that for two hours. And we, we really never make that available uh, as a private thing that you can buy. So there's really no other way to just buy that as, as a thing. It's not something that we make available because we're, we're doing our other, uh, our other businesses. But we want to make that available for folks that are challenging. So if you took you know, the running restaurants package plus the academy package plus the call, um, it's, uh, it's probably over, it's definitely over $3,000 retail. If, if you, if you plunk down your credit card, it'd be over, over 3,000. In fact, it's probably more, uh, with all the value there, four to four to five thousand dollars of stuff. But, um, really why we wanted to kind of just talk about this stuff and do it is people are there and they have these challenges. And, um, probably if you have these challenges, you don't have a lot of dollars available. So, um, the special offer that we want to make on, on for, 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 for this today, and we can only do 20 of them, especially because with a, with a, with a, with a hand, hand, hand holding phone calls. So for 999, so for just under a thousand dollars, we're going to give you every single thing we talked about, all the running restaurants material, all the academy material, all the sales stars, the one-on-one -on -one call for 999. And so that's probably a lot of money. It's definitely a lot of money for folks to think about. No doubt. It's a huge value on what it would normally cost. So that's one thing, but it, re the reality is, yeah, you probably didn't think about spending a thousand dollars today with listening to our call. But if your business is not in a position to make that investment in your business, there's other things going on. So, so think about that as, as as where your business is and where it is and what you need to get to the next level. Um, if you listen to Roger talk and as as we have our conversation, if that's the sort of person, if that's the mentality, talking about those ideas and those profit centers that you think could be a beneficial thing for your business, then this is really the probably it's really the best the best thing we've ever put together as a group, the two of us, um, getting that insight and getting that knowledge for all the tools you need to succeed. So we'll put all those details together. We don't have them in front of us today. We'll actually need to put together a, a web page and put that put all that on there for you. Put some put some pictures and put some more details. But does that sound like a package, Raj? No, it's fantastic. I mean, it's all about return on investment. And I think just one of the 20 or 30 ideas that we threw out there is going to pay for this thing multiple times over. That's, therein lies the value. It's all about executing these ideas. And I know that they're easy to execute. You just need the concept. We teach you how to do this stuff. And everything that you provide, Jamie, is providing ROI to the customer. All these systems that I talked about today, it's just after being in this business 20 plus years, I don't know of any other resources anywhere that can deliver this much ROI for such a small investment. So I think it's powerful. It's, you know, it's your brainchild, Jamie. You had a great idea to do this, and I love helping other operators succeed. So I love the idea of doing the personal calls. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
You can pay Good. full price for all this stuff and get the ROI in, in no time at all. I, I'm a huge believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So so we can only make 20 of these available. It's a very special package, very special offer. We'll have the details on, on how to take advantage of that with uh, with a button on the web page and more information. So I really encourage folks that are that this is the mindset that you need to go ahead and take advantage of that. It'll be, like I said, limited time, limited quantity. So go ahead and do that. Roger, uh, man, I appreciate it. Um, I, I love, again, always chatting with you and talking about the stories and digging in and sharing those little tips that I know people can take, even if you don't buy. that You, know, you may not buy today or tomorrow. I, I hope you do. But if you don't, I know even from today's call, you can take away three, four, five, probably ten plus things that we talked about that you can brainstorm with your team and your business. And, and so that's our job and our mission to give you that stuff, and, and we do want to help more. Uh, so please take advantage of that opportunity. Any closing thoughts, Raj? Yeah, I mean, don't go through the school of hard knocks. This is a hard knocks business. The headlines are speaking volumes of how many restaurants are closing every single day. Just because you're successful today doesn't guarantee your success tomorrow unless you continue to treat the customer with the utmost of service and sales and teamwork, hospitality, and respect. So go out there with that mindset. Be competitive. Stay on top of what your competitors are doing and really be innovative, creative, resourceful, and go out there and rock your restaurant. Absolutely, Roger. Hit it. All right, so, so folks, it's been Jamie Oikel from RunningRestaurants.com along with Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars. We hope to see you soon, guys. Thanks, everyone. Well, there you have it, another episode of the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Remember, it's all about inspiration and execution. If you got some great ideas today and you want to see if your restaurant is really dialed in, head on over to www.restaurantrockstarsacademy.com and take my restaurant assessment. It's totally free, and I have a version for existing restaurants and new or conceptual restaurants. More great ideas on profits, efficiencies, training, staffing, all the great stuff to help you really rock your restaurant. A big shout out thanks to my guest, Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.